Well, Happy New Year, everyone. It's going to be a better year than that, I hope. Happy New Year, Countryside. We are so glad that you're here today. I want to welcome all those that are watching online with us right now. I want to give a shout out to Juan Scarlett from Safety Harbor, the Nichols family from Pittsburgh, and Kelly from Indiana. Let's welcome all those that are watching online right now with us. Hope you had a great Christmas. How many of you guys came to the Christmas Eve service this year? Wasn't that spectacular? It was so special. And we've done this forever, but I don't know. This year, there was just something special. There was a sweet presence of God. As we were getting together and we were praying about what we were going to do for Christmas Eve, we wanted to do something that would bring comfort and peace to our people. And I really felt like that service was just about doing that. Um, It wasn't um, some big hyped up thing. It was just really, really, really special. Well, here we are in 2021. 2020 is gone. A lot of people are like, yes, 2020 is gone. It's behind us. But here's the thing. We don't know what 2021 holds. Last year, my wife reminded me this morning that I said, 2020 is going to be the greatest year of our lives. Get ready. And I believe that. There's people all on the streets everywhere selling dope. When you come to Countryside, I'm dealing some hope. How about some hope in the house today? So do I believe that 2021 is gonna be unbelievable? I do. The word that God gave me for this year, for our church and for our nation and for what God wants to do, the word is restoration. I believe that God wants to bring restoration and healing to our nation that is so divided. I believe that God wants to bring restoration to some of our relationships this past year. We've seen a lot of trouble and a lot of hard times. And there's people that have struggled with finances and their jobs and their family. I'm believing that God is going to restore because that's what God does. We serve a God is all about restoration. How many want some of that this year in 2021? But what's gonna be different this year? Everything, amen, I like that. Because if we keep doing the same thing over and over, we're gonna get the same results. For some people, 2020 was especially hard because they didn't keep the commitments they made at the beginning of the year in 2020, or maybe the beginning of the year in 2019, or maybe the beginning of the year in 1989. Because it's easy to get to January. I don't know if the gyms are gonna be filled this year because of what's happening, but it's easy to make a commitment and say, all right, it's January, it's gonna be different but I really feel so strongly that it will be different if you begin to truly put into practice what it means to be a godly, fully devoted follower of Christ. That's our vision here at Countryside. We wanna lead people, everyone that walks through these doors, we're blessed that you're here. We don't take it for granted. We're honored that you have come here today. In fact, someone came in this morning and they say, I watch you every Sunday from Pennsylvania. And I said, well, it's so great to have you. Do I look any different? And she said, you look thinner in real life. I'm like, all right. 2021's already a little bit better today for Pastor Glenn. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do differently, differently this year? I'll tell you one thing, as a church, we're gonna start with prayer. We're gonna start with 21 days of prayer and fasting. How do we get the heart of God? How do we get the heart of God for what God wants to do through our vision and through the heart of the church, through reaching this community in a a better way, to reaching the world in a, a deeper way? How are we gonna do that? We have to get the mind of Christ. 
how you get the mind of Christ and the vision that he has for you individually, but the vision he has for us corporately is to pray and to fast. Well, some people, they say, well, you know, and I can't give up food because I'm diabetic. Listen, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to give more information next week about the, the fast, but pray about what God would have you to fast. For some people, it may be ice cream. I'm looking in the mirror. That may be one of my things. I love ice cream. I just love it. But for some of you, it may be social media. You know, there's people in here with some very ligament that's been strained because of scrolling on social media. Whatever may be a huge priority that dominates your life, dominates your priorities, that's really not focused and centering and being centered on Christ, really consider that during this 21 days because what the 21 days does is it refocuses your heart and your life on what really matters most. We're called to have a Christ-centered life. Families are going to be strong if you're living a Christ-centered life. So we're going to start the prayer and fasting on not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday. We're going to have a night that's a worship and prayer Wednesday. Then we'll be getting into our groups and the men and the women's groups will have times during their time of prayer. The midweek services will be focused on prayer during the 21 days. We're still gonna continue to be safe and careful in the environment that we're working with, with COVID-19. But I don't believe COVID-19 is gonna hold us back in 2021. I believe that God's got so much for, more for us and it's ready for us to, to get moving with what, what he's doing. We'll end the fast with another Worship Wednesday where we pray and we seek the heart of God. But it's really time to reboot. Pastor Tim did a great message last week about rebooting our lives. Did you, how many were here last week? You enjoyed, do you appreciate Pastor Tim O'Fallon? He's amazing. So let's reboot. Let's look at the areas of our life that may have gotten off track or may have gotten distracted. 2020 was an enormous year of distraction. So let's reboot, let's refocus, let's prioritize the things that God wants us to do. Today I wanna to talk to you about your calling. What does it mean to have a calling? What does God wanna do through your calling, in your calling, what does that even mean? For some of you, you may sense that God has something more, something different for you. Some of you may sense that God has something really big for you. We're going to talk about that today. But I believe that God has called each one of us to what? To, how, to know what to do, to know where to start. That's what we're going to be looking at in this message today. The time is now, and God is calling each one of you to great and mighty things. Understand, it's... Each one of you are uniquely called, uniquely created. God didn't make a mistake with any of you. He called you, he created you with a purpose and with a plan. Every single one of you are called by God. Look at your neighbor around you, just say, I'm called by God. Give him a little elbow bump. Give him a air thing that they call it there, whatever, high five. You're called by God. You're called by God uniquely. You have a special call. You're called by God to do something great with your life. But where does that calling begin? We're gonna look first in Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse one. We see Paul writing in a prison cell in 61 AD, and here he is, he's saying this is so important. It says, therefore I, a prisoner for, the, for serving the Lord, beg you, how often do you hear in scripture, I beg you, he's saying I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You've been called by God. 
It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Today is, I hope this message resonates in your spirit, that you are not an accident, that God has something great for you. You have a divine destiny. But the world has complicated what it means to have a calling in such a way. You see, the world says if you're successful, then you're great. If you have a lot of money, then you're great. If you've attained um, some kind of uh, significance in what you do and in your career, then you're great. You know, there's nowhere in Scripture where it talks about your career or your calling in your career, but this message is talking about what it means to understand truly the calling of God in your life. You see, we live in a culture of insta-influence. People flip around, if they have 10,000 followers on Instagram, oh, man, look at what they're doing, they're so great, oh my goodness, I can't believe how great they are. I just came back from a trip to West Virginia with about 35 young people, high school and young adults. So if I look tired today, it's because I'm tired today. If I look stiff today, it's because I'm stiff today. If I suck it in because I have a bruised rib, it's because I have a bruised rib today. Um, here's some of the kids over here that went to West Virginia. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. After five days, I'm praying for you. But you know, one of the nights we were in Asheville, North Carolina, we took over this town square, and we were just having like a little dance party. Everybody's dancing around, doing their thing. And I looked over at a group, and in front of them was their phone. It was on a camera. And they stood in front of their phone, and they had like this whole little line. There was like six of them. And they're doing this stuff. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're creating a TikTok. It's a TikTok. A TikTok. I'm like, TikTok. Yeah, if, if it gets popular, then we become very famous and we make a lot of money with our TikTok. And I thought, wow, that's what the world has come to. Now, I thought I was great in 1983 when I learned the moonwalk. I thought, how can it get any better? Than it's, it's a whole lot different now, let me tell you. They're TikToking. If you get a YouTube channel, you become an influencer. I see these people, they, they, they're called an influencer because they have all these different people. Today, I want to reclaim the sacred language of what it means to have a calling on your life. That comes from the, the Greek word that means calling is kaleo. Kaleo it means to call. There are 16 words that are connected to kaleo in the Greek. I'm just going to share a few of them with you today. The first is klesis, calling, kletos, called, paraclete, comforter. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Parakletos is an advocate, an intercessor, a picture of the Spirit of God. Elaine, what's this one? Ecclesia. I mispronounced that first service, so I'm going to get it right. Ecclesia. It means the assembly of believers, the church. We're called out ones. You see so many people, they say, well, I'm in the church, but I want to look like the world. I want to smell like the world. I want to be like the world. The, the Bible's clear that every one of us that are called by God to be set apart. The Greek word is hagios, to be set apart from the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not gonna act like the world. We're not gonna look like the world. We're not gonna smell like the world. We're not gonna talk like the world. But we're gonna make a great difference with the influence that God gives us because we're in the world, but we are not of the world. Can you say amen to that? 
There's so many people, they think, oh my goodness, with this call in my life, it's all about, I don't want to miss my call. How many have ever felt that? I don't want to miss what God is calling me to do. I don't want to miss that. I want to tell you, God loves you enough that if you desire to be where God's called you to be, then work on who you are as a Christian. Work on who you are because you're not going to miss what God has. He loves you enough to know that. There's people that told me, well, I don't want to miss group because I saw this cute girl come into group last week. And if I miss it, then, you know, I could mess things up. And, and then she marries somebody else. And then I marry somebody that I don't like. And I'm miserable. And I see all these people miserable. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? That is not the way to live. Your calling is not going to be mixed if you focus on what's important. You see, what I am called to do is really, really important in your notes. Calling is about who you are before what you do. It's the opposite of the world. The world is all about what you do. You ever see men talking? Every time I get with someone, they always go, hey, what do you do? I go to the doctor's office, hey, what do you do? There's so much significance placed on us and pressure about what we do, but the Bible's so clear. What we need to worry about and focus on first, and the most important thing is who you are. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says, for God saved us and called us to be a missionary in Africa? Maybe it doesn't say that. Maybe to be a teacher, maybe be a special needs. It, it doesn't say that. Maybe a professional gamer. Can you believe people get paid to play video games? If I knew that when I was playing my Atari back in the day, I might have tried a little harder. But it doesn't say that. It says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. Your calling is about who you're becoming as much as it is what you are doing. So instead of focusing on what I'm going to do and be, focus on who I want to become. You see, let me explain it this way. I'm called to preach. But if that's all I focused on was preaching, instead of focusing on being more like Christ, focusing on living out integrity, focusing on being a good husband to my wife, Elaine, and I was just called to preach, I would fail as a preacher. You see, if I was hanging out with Elaine, we got into a discussion, maybe it turned a little bit heated at times, very few times, but if it did, and I said, listen here, and I go into a preach mode, listen, Woman, you need to submit to your man as under the Lord. And I said, bow your head, close your eyes. You need Jesus, you need to repent for what you're saying right now. On the count of three, raise your hand, honey. That would cause her to think, what have I gotten myself into? This dude is whacked out. But you see, I'm called to be a preacher, but I'm called to be a husband. I'm called to be a father. I have three children that are grown now, but I, I'm called to be their father. If all I did was preach at them their whole childhood, they would have lost respect for me. I did preach to my kids sometimes, though. They needed to be preached to. Amen, parents? Sometimes they need that. But if in the middle of it, they're not feeling they're loved, that they're not accepted for who they are, that they're not cared about, and I didn't do things with them, all I did was preach to them, they would have shut me out. Who you are is so much important. Am I called to preach? I am. But more than that, I'm called to live a holy life. 
to be a pastor, it's what I do, but to live faithfully for Jesus, it's who I am. So you want 2021 to be amazing for you? Focus on who you are and who you are becoming as a man or woman of God. You say, hey, I'm a good preacher, but if I neglect my family, then I'm not living out God's perfect will for my life. Maybe you're a charismatic leader and you've got a lot of people at work that you're over, but you don't keep your word, then you're not walking out the call of God as a man or a woman, integrity. Who before the do? Calling isn't about what you do in the future, it's about who you're becoming. Focus on what you are today. What are you doing today to make you closer and God-centered as you're moving forward? You see, for me, God would rather me do anything else with integrity than to be a pastor without it. We've seen it through the years. Great, charismatic, wonderful preachers. But if they didn't have that area in their life together, it all crumbles down. All the areas in our life will always crumble down because the foundation of our life has to be Christ-centered. And when our foundation is strong, then we can really build some things up around us because it's built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. Calling in your notes. Calling isn't about something important you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Oh, Pastor Glenn, five years, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. Well, what are you doing today? What are you doing right now? Well, you know, I got a three-year plan. Okay, that's great. I love a three-year plan. But what are you doing today? How are you growing? How are you putting yourself in a position so that God can use you today? Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Got an example for you. Mark chapter 10, there are two brothers close to Jesus. They were two of his disciples, James and John. And they went to Jesus and they asked him a favor. They said, Jesus, when you get to heaven and you're on your throne, all that we want is to be on your right hand and on your left hand. So that when people see you, they see the importance of who we are. Isn't that like the world today? And what's all about me? It's all about the spotlight. It's all about the recognition. It's about all of those things. And Jesus looked at them and said, oh, that's good. But if you want to be a leader, if you want to have influence, if you want to be in the middle of what I've called you to do, first, you must be a servant. If you want to be, you must, you, you got to be a servant first. You know, we should never have need in our nurseries, ever. We should never have need in our volunteer areas, ever. Because if we're truly devoted followers of Christ, we're going to serve somewhere. Somewhere. And I'm not trying to make you feel condemned. That's just the foundation of Christ. He did not come to be served. He came to serve. He also said, if you want to be first, guess what you have to do? You got to be last. Well, I don't want to be last. When I was in, I can remember when I was in elementary school, you know, the lunch line got long. I didn't want to wait in that line. I didn't want to be last. I got beat up one time because I got cuts from someone. And this big kid that was hungrier than I was beat me up. You got to be last. 
Then we go on to Mark 11, and we see the triumphal entry is about to happen. Jesus is approaching with his disciples to Jerusalem. The disciples are beside themselves. Like, man, this is it. We are going to do it. This is what we've been looking forward to. And we look at Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says, as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came upon the towns of Bethage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them ahead. Now, he doesn't say who those two are, but how Jesus lives and how he taught, it was oftentimes in parable, as in object lessons, to teach very valuable lessons. Can you imagine if it was the same people the chapter before that wanted to be on the right and the left of Jesus? Maybe they were the ones that were sent ahead. Mark doesn't tell us, but they were James and John in the previous chapter. I'm sure the two that were going ahead were thinking, this is our big moment. Come on, demons, I'm gonna cast out some demons. You get in my way, I'm gonna call down the fire of God upon you in Jesus' name. It's time, it's go time. Well, this is what happened, and this is what they were called to do. In verse two, it says, go into the village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there, and no one has ever ridden it. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs it, and we'll, re- and we'll return it soon. Now, wait a minute. These two disciples left something big. They were expecting God to use something and do something big. Can you imagine what they're thinking? Now I'm reduced to donkey duty. Donkey duty. Donkey duty. For all of you third grade minds out there. It's my, it's, I guess it's my country way of saying it. Where's our fame? Where's our glory? Why aren't we in the spotlight? Where's our recognition? We're called a donkey duty? Come on, in your notes. Remember this, the size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. God uses the small things to confound the wise. Never look at a small thing that God's put in front of you and think that that's too small for you. Because if you're faithful in the small things, God will use you for the larger things, but you gotta be faithful in the small things that God's called you to do. We see the shepherd boy, David, took five small stones. He only needed one to kill the giant. We see the little boy who brought his lunch to that great meeting with 5,000 men and not including the women and the children, and Jesus took the lunch. It's all he had, five loaves and two fish, and all of them were fed with leftovers. That's what Jesus does. He takes the small things to confound the wise. It's the small things that we do that put us in a place where we can be used and do so much greater for the kingdom of God. Remember, each one of you are chosen, called by God to be faithful in the small things. Whether it's washing the dishes in the cafe, or if it's donkey duty like they had to do in the New Testament, which turned out to be very, very significant. You see, the donkey duty that they were on was to fulfill Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, where it said that Jesus would come, the King of Kings, would ride victoriously through the city, but humbly on a donkey. That was an enormous task that God assigned them to do. But here they are, thinking, donkeys, really? But they did what God called them to do. Can you find your calling? Maybe you find it confusing, Focus on the who, being faithful to Jesus today. Because if you don't, so many people think, I'm gonna find my calling. No, if you're doing and working on the you, working on who you're becoming, 
Your calling will find you. You don't have to spend your time looking, oh, maybe I'm called to do it. No, you stay faithful in the small things. Allow God to open up the larger doors that he has for you. Not because you want the fame or the fortune or the this or the that, but because you're being faithful with the smaller things. Whatever it is, what's your assignment tomorrow? What's your assignment today? What if someone comes up to you and says something? Are you going to be that light that God's called you to be? Maybe it's the time to do something right for a good friend that is hurting right now. There are people around you that are hurting. It's a small thing, but it can make a huge difference in someone's life. Maybe God's calling you right now to love your spouse when they're not very lovable. There's a lot of people in 2020 that are like, oh my goodness, never believed both of us working at home would drive us so insane. Love, love never fails. Love your spouse. Pray for that child. Do you think your prayers don't mean something? Pray for that child that is in rebellion. Pray for that child that maybe have walked away from the Lord. You're so frustrated with them. It's easy to get frustrated, but let your frustrations drive you to your knees. I've seen it over and over through the years, the praying moms, the praying dads that has brought children back into the kingdom of God. Some of those children are 50 years old when they come back. But let me tell you, I welcome them back with open arms because it's the prayers that does it. It's the small things. But those small things create big things in the eyes of God. Maybe you're a mother and you have a ton of education, but God has called you to be a stay-at-home mom right now. You see, in the eyes of the world, they're like, are you kidding me? You have a career. You could be pouring into hundreds of kids every day, but no, you feel called to your children. I want you to know, that is an enormous calling. That's what Elaine did. She was a teacher. She had an education, but she knew God had called her to be at home with our three children to raise them in the way that they should go. We were dedicated to it. Sometimes I worked as many as three jobs to make it happen. But I want you to know, it's not by chance that my children are serving the Lord today. It's not by chance that my son is leading our youth in such an enormous way. It's not by chance that my daughter, Noel, is on the worship team and leading worship with our young adults. It's not by chance. We did the small things. We did the small things right, and we did it through time, not based on our emotion, but we were dedicated. This is who we are. We're going to become more like Christ. Maybe it's a business some people they say, oh, you can't be in the business world and serve the Lord. Absolutely you can. God has called many of you to run businesses or be in the workplace. Be a light for Jesus Christ. Look at Chick-fil-A. They're closed on Sunday when they could be making billions of dollars a year on Sunday. They're a Christian organization that the foundation is on Christ and Christian values. They go the extra mile. You walk in, they say, my pleasure Nobody says my pleasure, except Chick-fil-A. Let me tell you, I, wanna, I want some Jesus. I spend time in my prayer closets. When I want more Jesus and I'm hungry, I go to Chick-fil-A because I know there's some Jesus at Chick-fil-A. You see, it starts in the small things and being faithful, not saying in laying demand. So many people say, okay, God, I'll be faithful in the small things for six months, but doggone it, I expect some great things to happen in six months. You can't put God in a, a box he doesn't operate that way. What he does is he rewards those who diligently seek him and that they are faithful. That's Elaine in my story. I'm not a professional pastor. 
I'm not hired from the outside. I'm not going around with resumes. I was raised up in this church. This is my church for the last 40 years. Started coming when I was a teenager. By the time I was 19 years old, I started serving in the nurseries. With my future wife, we were in charge of the four and five-year-old ministry, not for six months. We were in charge of the nursery four and five-year-olds for five years. These kids would come and yank on my leg for five years. I had to be a clown for five years. I had to put people in the corner for five years just to think about it. You need to think about it. Five years. Jesus loves you. Think about it. And then what happened? I was faithful, and then God opened the door for youth ministry. So we were doing both, four and five-year-olds, and we're volunteers. And middle school, hear me, <laughs> middle school. Now, most people, they go through middle school. We have people, they go, oh, I feel called to the youth. They go in, and they see all the middle schoolers, and they see what they're doing, running around, and, all the, and they're like, no, I'm not called to that. I see parents are dropping their kids off on Wednesday night, and they're like, thank you for the break. We didn't do that for a couple of years. We were in charge of middle school and worked in middle school for eight years. Eight years. <laughs> but we, we would have been happy there forever, really. We never asked for any promotion. We never asked for God to move us on. We were all there in every step of the way. When we were the four and five-year-olds, we were all there. When we were the middle school, we were all there. But what does God do? If you're faithful in the little things, the greater things will come your way. So how did we, all of a sudden, we were asked to be the youth directors and the high school pastors. And we were in the high school ministry for another 12 years. Somebody went, whoa. I like that, thank you for feeling my pain. But I wanna tell you, for us there was no greater joy to teach and to train young people and to pour into the next generation. Yeah, I joke around about last week with all these kids. I had the time of my life with those kids. And you know what they knew? They knew that I was there because I loved them. The kids that came through our youth ministry, they don't remember what I said. They may have remembered like when I took a secular CD, which I would do every year. And I said, hey, man, you want this? It's the hottest CD. And I would take it and I would stomp on it. And I'd tell them what it's saying. I'd stomp on it some more. Talk about garbage in, garbage. I'd stomp on that CD some more. They remember that. But you know what they remember most? I was there for them. I would stay sometimes till one o'clock in the morning on Wednesday night until every teenager that wanted to see me had their time. That's what they remember. It was the small things that made a difference in their life. In our wildest imagination, would we have ever thought that we would be the lead pastors of a church like Countryside Christian Church? In fact, if God would have told us that, we would have moved to Antarctica back in 1990. He didn't tell us that. But when God opens the door, we could have gone other places. There was a time when I was offered a job in the largest church in America. I, was, I had a job offer for the largest church in the Tampa area. But God clearly said, Glenn Elaine, you are called to countryside. That is your calling. Become more like me, do the small things that I've called you to do, and I will open the door for the greater things that I have for you in ministry. And right now, in the middle of a pandemic, look around. The body of Christ is here. 
And God's positioned us to a place where there's nothing going to hold us back. This could be our greatest moment as a church right here, right now, to make a difference in this world. When people are scattering, this is the time the body of Christ comes together and we will stand on the Word of God and the truth of Jesus Christ. We're not moving. We're not going anywhere. We're moving because the church of God is moving. But the only way we can move is if the body finds her place. You see, all of you are part of the body. Uniquely called, uniquely talented, uniquely gifted. We don't need another Glenn Davis, Lord. Don't you say amen to that, honey. No, she didn't say <laughs> But let me, what the body of Christ needs is all of you to be mobilized to do what God's called you to do, to become more like him, to be faithful in the small things. And as you're faithful in the small things, we're gonna see enormous explosive growth in the body of Christ of lives that are being changed. That's my prayer every Sunday. Let people walk in and leave changed by the Spirit of God every single Sunday. We're not here to sing songs. We're not here to hear a guy give a motivational speech. I am not a motivational speaker. I'm a pastor who loves his flock, mobilizing the body of Christ to do what we're called to do, to be who we're called to be, and to move into the place that God wants us to move. Church, are you ready in 2021 to get moving? Amen, amen. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes as we close today. Father, we wanna be more like you. Father, to truly walk in our calling, Show us those areas of our life that are holding us back. Maybe it's an area of sin. Let this be the day, the day and the year that we walk out of that sin. Maybe it's your relationship. Let this be the year that that relationship is healed. Maybe it's unforgiveness that's been carried for year after year after year and it gets worse and worse. Let this be the day. Let this be the year where forgiveness reigns in our hearts and peace falls upon each and every one of us. Father, help us be who you've called us to be. And as we're who we're called to be, you're gonna open up the doors for what you want us to do. As we're faithful in the small things, we stand on your word that says you are faithful in the larger things. Everybody look at me in just a second. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. But I can remember in my darkest of times, quite a few years ago now, I was depressed, I was in despair, I was in grief, I was alone. Not because nobody was around me, but I was alone. And I felt like I failed. I'd lay down being the senior pastor for, the, for a time, and I felt like a failure. Like nobody is gonna like me anymore. And when I was feeling that in my darkest time, I remember in the mail, I opened up a letter from my mom. And she goes, Glenn, I want you to know we're standing with you. But something that is so important you need to know, we don't love you because of what you do. We love you because of who you are. Now, no matter where you're going next, who you are is most important. And when you receive that, then you're truly gonna be able to become what God has called you to be. That's a letter written to me from my parents, my mom. Let that be a letter written to you in your heart from God that says he doesn't love you because of what you do. 
He loves you because of who you are. Now receive that love. Receive the love that only a heavenly father can give because he gives it so freely. Can you say amen? All right, bow your heads at Glenn. <laughs> Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor Glenn, I want to start this year off right. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe it's been years since you've been in church. Maybe God's been an afterthought. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is the most important thing you'll ever do right here, right now. It's to put Jesus Christ on the throne of your heart, that he's in the center of everything that you do and your thoughts and your motives are Christ-centered. But it takes a willful choice from you to open your heart to a God that loves you unconditionally. He wants to pour his love into your heart today. And he brings that through salvation. It's why he came to this earth. He left the right hand of the Father to come to this earth to give his life for the remission of our sins so that we might know life and have forgiveness, have our sins covered. He paid the price for you and I. But it's up to us to receive the gift of salvation. And that's what we offer today. The free gift of salvation. To accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. That's the beginning of a new day for you. And if that's you today, when I count to three, no one's gonna look around. This is between you, me, and God right now. But if that's you and you're that place and you want today to be that day where you either rededicate your life to the Lord or you give Jesus Christ your life for the first time, when I count to three, will you just raise your hand, look at me. When, you, when I see you, you can put it down. But it's just the beginning of a new day for you. One, hands are already going up. Two, three, raise it high. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I see your hand. Yes. Coming over to the center area. Yes, I see your hand up top. Yes, I see your hand. Coming over to my right, your left. Is there anybody else that would like to be in this prayer? Yes, thank you so much. God bless you. Is there anyone else before we close right now? Lord Jesus, I pray for each and every person that raised their hand today. Cover them with your love. Cover them with their grace. Cover them with your forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, that today is a new day. Can we all pray together? Repeat this prayer after me for the sake of all those that raised their hand today. Just pray, Lord Jesus, thank you that you gave your life so that I might know life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, my God and my very best friend, in Jesus' name, amen. Countryside, it's gonna be a great year, are you ready? It's gonna be a great year, God bless you. What an inspirational message that God gave Pastor Glenn for, that's a gift for us to carry through the year. Would you stand with me now as I say a blessing for you? And if you're watching online and you're not standing, it's okay, you can, Turn your palms upward, just kind of in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you in your calling to be more like Jesus. May the Lord bless you in every day of this year that you would feel his love. And may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thank you, Countryside, for tuning in today. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, I want you to know that you are not alone. You have been sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. God is living inside of you. He's actually gonna make you become more like Jesus day by day, but you're not alone in this journey. As a church, we wanna partner with you. We wanna help you. We wanna help you on this journey of eternal life together. So if you need prayer for any reason at all, go ahead and go to countryside.cc slash prayer. We have people there waiting to pray for you. That's all we have for you guys today, and I'll see you guys next Sunday.